Strava Craft Coffee. Have you heard of it? I bet you have because you listen to this podcast every day. But if you haven't, got to tell you about this stuff. It's a CBD enriched coffee that's really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so make sure you check those out. What you'll find is that the CBD infused coffee has taken away long term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's even helped decrease anxiety. Whatever it is, you name it. CBD is an all natural and non psychoactive ingredient, and the coffee's rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout. You'll get it shipped straight to your door. Let's make a podcast. Happy Wednesday to all of you BSN Broncos podcast listeners, and thanks as always for rolling along with us. If you're in Denver, get outside. It's perfect. It is amazing. This is what May is supposed to feel like, Ryan. Not last week, and don't look at next week. Throw in your headphones, put on the pod. You've already done that if you're listening to this. And just go outside and do anything. <laughs> yeah. This morning... Went and had my coffee outside. Went mm. all the way downstairs to the overlook at my apartment that looks out at the city. Just enjoyed some Starbucks, and it was divine. You got a pretty darn good view there, too. I know, and I'm moving soon, and <laughs> I've been down there every day since I officially committed to moving. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to just look out and see the entire skyline anymore. You got to have every breakfast out there, every dinner out there. That's pretty much what I've been doing. That's pretty much what I've been doing. They've got a grill out there. You can, you know, smell the grill and see the city. It's going to be sad. But I'm moving closer to Broncos, which will save me the sometimes over an hour commute home from the facility. That's what we call a smart business decision in multiple ways. Yes, exactly. I will be able to get to Broncos without touching I-25, and that makes me so happy. That is that is amazing. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, and hopefully just like, I feel like over the course of the season, that drive can really, really get to you. (laughs) And it's not that it's long with no traffic. It's 20. It's just that start. There's no non-traffic times anymore. It used to like when I first started on the beat, if you left before three o'clock, you were good. Nope. Then it was like, oh, if you leave before two o'clock, you might be good. (laughs) The other day I left that place before one o'clock. 45 minute drive oh, man. <laughs> with all that extra time ryan do you think you'll be able to attend von miller's pass rush summit this summer there's nothing i love more than going to vegas for <laughs> quote-unquote work i'm gonna ask von if i can go well he said it's an open invite as long as you're one of the guys that get after the quarterback can you convince him that you can get after the quarterback well I do get after the quarterback, mm. just in audio and written form. <laughs> there you go. If the quarterback isn't good. I'm getting after him on this podcast. All you have to do is hit his DMs. I'm going to tell him. <laughs> I'll be there. I, I mean, oh, I also, for Christmas, got a little like two nights, three days package Ooh. for a hotel in Vegas. Ooh, it sounds like uh, you'll be gone the weekend of June 1st. It's all adding up. June 1st. 
It's the weekend before mandatory minicamp. Got bad news. Oh. I'll already be out of town. Oh, that's not too bad of news. Well, yeah, that's true. I'll be on the East Coast. Hey. Girlfriend's little bros graduating high school. Nice. Gotta nice. Go, uh, gotta go throw it up for my guy. Uh, jealous that you'll be on the East Coast. Don't be jealous. <laughs> Would you rather be on the East Coast in the middle of the summer with the humidity? Would you rather be in Vegas with 150 If you ask degrees? me any other city than Denver or somewhere in Colorado and you said, would you rather be there or Vegas? I'm choosing <laughs> Vegas every time. Even in June. Heat does not bother me. Doesn't yeah. bother me. Yeah. Um, people that know me well will tell you that I, like, let's say it's a 90 degree day at Broncos. My car's been sitting out in the parking lot all day. I'll get in there and not even turn on the air conditioning. <laughs> I feel like I'm like a You roll down the windows? I'm like cold-blooded, like, and, like, the warmth just makes me feel so comfortable. Any window? No, no, no windows. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're, there's, some, there's something a little off in there, Ryan. I think so, too. But I, yeah. The best part is, like, places like Vegas, places like Arizona that get so hot, they have to lower their prices on the golf course yep. in the summer. Yep. And I'm out there. It's 108. <laughs> sipping Coors Lights and enjoying a good old round with no one else out on the course. You benefit from that. Yep. And from Vegas prices then. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, uh, the Broncos are a team that plays football and we sometimes talk about them and let's do that right now. Yesterday we spoke with Bryce Callahan and who was the other one? I think that's about it. (laughs) Seriously, who was it? Jeff Hireman. Ah, yes. <laughs> Jeff Hireman. He was that forgettable, <sighs> literally. <laughs> oh, it's too early for Jeff Hireman. <laughs> it's far too early for Jeff Hireman. Uh, he's a smiley guy. He's a, you know, he. I think he ha- enjoys his life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he loves football. He is not, however, a good quote. No, the first question thrown out to him was, how's your health? I mean... He missed the end of last season because he had this gruesome injury. Everyone gave him props for, you know, I think he played a few plays after that or something. And so that that's a great way to pump yourself up, right? Say, oh, I'm feeling great. The ribs are better. He said, okay, good. Next question. All right, then. Next question. So that's about all we learned from Jeff, isn't it? Actually, I guess there was one thing we learned from him. I think there's two. Two. One is that Joe Flacco is six years, a very specific number, six <laughs> years ahead of the rest of the offense uh, as it relates to taking in the system. Now, does does Jeff know, and if he doesn't, that's great news for Joe Flacco. Does Jeff know that he wasn't running this offense in Baltimore? I don't know. Because <laughs> if he doesn't, that means he's doing a really good job of making it seem like he yep. knows exactly what he's doing. Yep, exactly. Um, I don't think he does. I think that Jeff Hireman thinks he's been running this offense since 2014. <laughs> <think> so. <laughs> Not that he ran this offense once in 2014. Yep. Although I guess it doesn't that give him a one year head start? It would. Yeah, not a six year. Not head a six year head. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Jeff made it very clear that that Joe is a um, a long ways away from where everyone else is on this offense. And and again, I I, I reiterate, I think that's good news for the way mm-hmm. that he's handled this. Because if, if he said something like, well, he did have that one year, and, and I think he's you know remembering stuff little by little. No, he, Jeff thinks that he was in that offense the last six years. <laughs> and, and his answer was, I think it was, you know, is Joe Flacco a, a little bit ahead of everyone or an inch ahead of everyone? He said, 
an inch or a year or a little bit. He's six years ahead of everyone, and that's great news. And that just, Ryan, it just emphasizes the separation, not just between Joe and everyone else, but Joe and Drew. I mean, come on, we got to talk about Drew Locke in here at some point. And, and that's why, again, you and I don't expect Drew to be the starting quarterback week one. It's not a bad thing. Drew's probably, I don't want to say six years behind everyone else, but Jeff Hireman is probably ahead in this offense uh, as opposed to Drew Locke, not just because he's a veteran and Drew's a rookie, but because Drew just got here. Drew's had two weeks with this playbook or however long he's been able to have with it. Jeff Hireman and everyone else has had, what, three months? Yes. And I should remind you that today's Lock Talk is presented by (laughs) A1 Locks. Don't get burglarized. (laughs) Don't let Joe come into your house. (laughs) we should we should get Lock Talk sponsored. <laughs> Hit us up if you run a locksmith business. Um, no, you're right. He, I mean, everyone is so far behind Joe Flacco in everything. He's the oldest person on the team mm-hmm. by yeah. quite a bit now that Domita Pecco is gone. Yeah, I'm trying to think, it's Emmanuel Sanders, the second oldest person on the team. Yeah, thirty one. Wow. So he, I mean, he's seen th- like. Joe, uh, like Jeff Ironman said, he's seen everything you can see in the league. Yeah. And it, it creates a massive separation between he and Drew Locke. And I hate to overreact at this point, but if there was hopes of Drew doing getting this done yeah. before the season starts, th- they should be probably put to bed at this point. Now, anything can happen. And maybe it all of a sudden just clicks for Drew Locke one day and he just walks out there. He's got the offense down. He's got his footwork down and, and he goes out there and tears up the preseason. Like, I'm not going to say that's impossible, but I think what we saw in that first practice, and again, he's going to improve steadily every day. It was such a head start for Joe Flacco that I think in the amount of what, what do we have? You know, 25 practices, probably tops and OTAs. OTIs in training camp. Yep. 25 practice. There's just no way you can make up 12 years in 25 practices. So that's my question, not just about Drew Locke, but about the rest of the team. How long does it take for the rest of these guys to catch up with Joe or at least come within a year of Joe, you know, just, just speaking in these terms that Jeff used? How long does it take? Because if it takes a year, well then we should probably, well, should we limit our expectations for the offense if no one else is close to Joe Flacco, but the quarterback is so far ahead? Or what if it only takes three weeks for everyone, including Drew, to catch up? And maybe by the by mandatory minicamp, we're singing a different tune. And of course, if Joe Flacco is six years ahead of everyone, he should have been lighting it up on Monday like he was. He was sharp. He was making the right reads. It looked like he was a man playing among boys. Everything he was doing seemed easy. At the end of rookie minicamp, what if everyone's caught up to him? And he does, including Drew. And he looks like he's just one of the guys. Maybe that's how Drew gets the advantage, is picking this up quick. Yeah, he's got to pick it up quick. Uh, And again, we talked about it yesterday with Drew Locke should be approaching this as, all right, bud, you don't want to play nice? Let's not. Let me come get your job. And, and it's not going to be as hostile as I like to make it there because that's good drama and, you know, but, but deep down, 
Drew Locke should be saying, I don't need your help. I'm going to catch you no matter what. Mm-hmm. So you better start running mm-hmm. because you got a nice little head start, but I'm faster. <laughs> and that's the way he should view it. And if he takes that attitude into every day, every night, every meal, every um, meeting, if he takes that attitude into everything he does, he will catch Joe Flacco very soon. Very soon. Now, Ryan, should Jeff Hireman be mentoring Noah Fant? I don't know why people are mad about this, but I got like a lot of hate over just a live tweet. I just tweeted out what he said and people are like, what are you guys doing trying to push this narrative? And I was like, what (laughs) narrative am I pushing? Do you not follow me? I tweet out the quotes when they happen. That's what I do. And sometimes in live tweeting, there can be, you know, something lost, a little contextual lost. It, it was very straightforward what you said. Yeah, um, I had to end up clarifying what I said, which I don't know why anyone... How does anyone take this the wrong way? Jeff Hireman on if it's his job to mentor Noah Fant. Quote, I'm going to come in here every day and do everything I can to help this team win football games. <laughs> how did anyone take that as he's not willing to mentor Noah Fant? Really? That was what people were saying, like... Oh, why isn't everyone freaking out about this the way they were freaking out about Flacco saying the same thing? And I was like, that's what? That's not what Flacco said. <laughs> yeah. That Flacco is- said, it's not my job to mentor Drew Locke. It's my job to win games. They're both talked about winning games, which right. um, is refreshing. That's the one job that they have. Yeah. But I'm going to come in here and do everything I can to win, help this team win games. And he went on and and... I guess there's a little bit on me there for not including the rest of the quote, but I was, you know, hammering away at the keys. Not in live tweeting. You can't do everything. He went on, and I'll read the whole quote. Like I said, I'm going to come in here every day and do whatever I can to help this team become as good as we can and go win games. Noah just got here, so I'm going to teach him everything I can teach him. Anything to help this football team, whether that's teaching him or running or blocking or doing whatever. So I don't know why people are mad. But then people are like, why is the media trying to push this narrative? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, why are you mad at me? Go find you're, the... You're the evil media. You encompass everyone. I, there's nothing that gets under my nerves more than generalizing the media. Because someone actually asked me, and I, I went back and forth with them, and they were a good sport. And finally, I was like, dude, you're mad at the wrong guy. Right. Like, if you want to be mad at someone, I guess go find who asked the question. And you can you can go on DenverBroncos.com and watch and see if you recognize any voices. It it wasn't me. It was neither of us. <laughs> so I'm like, if you want to be mad at that person, go be mad at that person. And then they're like, just curious. Like, do you does the media like roll their eyes at other media members? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> all the time. That's why it pisses me off when people group us all into one because I'm like. You're grouping me in with that guy? There's uh, not just rolling eyes. It, media typically are packed very close in these. You'll hear under the breath, but in a talking voice occasionally, what the? <laughs> Only one person does that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the media, like, the media couldn't be more different, I think. There's so many different voices, and, and I realize that we are the Broncos media like we are under that umbrella but like anything you cannot stick everyone into the same box just because they do the same thing you can't stick all NFL players in the same box you can't stick all you know people of a certain race in the same box it just doesn't work like that everyone's we're all wired differently so anyways 
So does Noah Fant, <laughs> does Jeff Hireman need to mentor Noah Fant? Well, and that's, so we were both okay the way Joe Flacco approached it, saying he's here to win games, that's not his job. And we were both okay with that because that's 100% right. Jeff Hireman takes the opposite approach, says, yes, he'll do anything to help the team. Do you not like that? Since we liked the other answer, do you not like this answer? No, I love this answer. And there's a massive difference here. A massive difference between Jeff Hireman and Joe Flacco. Only one of them plays a position that only one can play at a time. Both Jeff Hireman and Noah Fant are going to be starters on this team because they're going to their base is going to be a two tight end set. Mm-hmm. So it actually does benefit Jeff Hireman's outlook on the Denver Broncos in 2019 to help Noah Fant. For Joe Flacco, in his mind, he's thinking. Nothing can help this team more than me being at my best and me being out and I'm better than Drew Locke. So the better I do, the better this team will be and him improving doesn't help the team. Now, if he gets injured, that all is flipped on its head and I bet you would see him out there with the clipboard helping Drew as much as he could because now it's about making Drew as good as you can. For Jeff Hireman, he's thinking, okay, I'm, I got paid. I'm a starter. But we need another guy. And this guy can do some things that I can't do. So I should help him and tell him everything I possibly can because he's not really coming for my job. And, in fact, if defenses are are very focused on Noah Fant, that actually makes my job easier. Was Noah Fant brought in here to eliminate Jeff Hireman one day? Uh, the Broncos signing Jeff Hireman to a contract – before they even drafted him, should show you that the answer is no. Exactly, because let's say Noah Fant explodes. Let's just say he's the best tight end in the league. Is Jeff Hireman's spot on the roster just because of that, just because of Noah Fant? Is it eliminated this year, next year? I know only has a two-year contract, but uh, they, they wouldn't even consider bringing him back in three years? Certainly not, and, and the fact of it is is the Broncos view Jeff Hireman as a blocking tight end mm-hmm. in 2019. So there's no one really on the roster right now that he should be worried about in that sense. No, um, it's it's just a depth thing. Yeah. Uh, I guess if he's worried about anything, it would be the Broncos saying, okay, Noah is such a good receiving tight end that we can go out and get a pure blocking tight end to play us alongside him. And I don't even have a guy that's coming to my, my mind right now, but, you know, a Daniel Graham type like he was when he, right. when he played for the Patriots. Yeah, he's going to go catch a pass once in a while, but his job out there is to be an extra offensive lineman. That's the only thing that uh, that Jeff Hireman should be worried about. But if he does his job as a blocker, the Broncos won't feel inclined to do that because he's already under contract. Exactly. Now, flip it to the other side. If Drew Locke becomes the best quarterback in the league, is there anything that can be done to save Joe Flacco's job here in Denver? Whether that's this year, next year, the year Say after. it again? If Joe Flacco becomes the best quarterback, er, Drew Locke becomes the best quarterback in the league. Is there anything that can be done to save Joe Flacco's job? Uh, a massive restructure. A massive and, restructure. And an attitude adjustment. <laughs> exactly. So pretty much? No. Exactly. So very, very, very different situation. So, and, and that's how it should be. You should take everything by a situation. We talked about it yesterday. Wide receivers. Emmanuel should be open to helping Deshaun and, and like he is. It's just different with the quarterback position. So they both said the right things, even though they said different things. Exactly. Both things can be true. (laughs) All right. 
I can't believe we just talked that long about Jeff Hi- <laughs> Jeff Hireman and his comments. But shout out to Jeff for giving us something to talk about. Um, the other guy who talked, also not the best quote in the world, <laughs> to be honest. But he um, had an – I guess – it was just something that he said in passing that ended up becoming notable to you. You wrote a story about it. Um, it was clearly uh, intriguing because lots of people read it. <laughs> so, Zach, why don't you just take us through what he said? Who's playing outside cornerback right now, Ryan, with Chris gone? Bryce Callahan. Bryce Callahan is playing outside cornerback. What? It's very interesting when you look at these two guys. What was Bryce Callahan known for? During this free agency process. Slot corner. Being a stud slot corner. I think he was rated by PFF as the second best slot corner last season. Also, like, one of the top ten cornerbacks in general. I'll always remember what, what Andre said in his film room, where slants go to die. Yep. Short, quick twitch, right in front of him, everything like that. That's where he's, uh, That's where his greatest strengths are. How big is Chris Harris Jr.? Oh, five... 10, 11, 5, 11. Yep. 5, 10, 199. All right. Bryce Callahan? Uh, 5, 9, 185. Both small guys. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. Both similar stature. Both undrafted. So what do you, how do, how do you replace Chris? With a clone of himself. Yeah, and I think Chris would take issue with that. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm sure he would. But yeah, I think, you know, maybe there is... A is thought within the Denver Broncos organization that he can do everything that Chris does. And just because Chris was, was uh, emerged as a slot corner, we learned he could play outside too. Maybe the right. same is true for Bryce Callahan. And it's a very small sample size, but you mentioned it in the article. We saw Bryce Callahan go stride for stride with Cortland Sutton. And I think we mentioned this yesterday too, yeah. down the sideline and break up a pass. So it's not as if he, d- he can't turn his back and run. Um, the thing, I guess the thing just comes down to is is moving positions, right? It's the same thing. Why pay a guy all that money and then move him? You pay him for what he does really well, not for what you think he might do well. So, to me, if you bring in Chris Harris Jr. now, you have an elite secondary. Uh, without him, you just have a good one. Exactly. And when I say replace Chris Harris Jr., I don't mean fill the exact same shoes and he's going to be the same player. But if Chris Harris is gone, the Broncos will have to fill his spot with someone. And that's the initial look of who it's going to be. But I agree, Ryan. I mean, would you rather have... Well, I mean, of course you'd rather have Chris. And would you rather have Bryce Callahan without Chris? No Chris in this situation. Rather have Bryce Callahan be good outside or be excellent in the slot? Excellent in the slot. Always. 10 times out of 10. Um, so right now during OTAs, are the Broncos finding out how valuable Chris is or to, the, to this team? Is Vic Fangio saying, let's see if he can be excellent outside too. And then, John, then I'll tell you if you should make that an $11.5 million offer to Chris or a $9 million offer. And here's the thing. Von Miller said it himself. He said this system is not as reliant on the defensive backs. Mm-hmm. It's not all about the no-fly zone going out there and locking people down. Those were Von Miller's exact words. Yep. Yeah, very and, good. And I'm thinking, hmm, maybe Vic is saying, Chris Harris Jr., I got Devontae Bosby. <laughs> I'm chilling. 
and the boss has looked all right. <laughs> so maybe that's his slot corner. And Bryce Callahan goes outside. And Kareem Jackson or Isaac Yadam, whoever is the better option over there, is 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 playing that position. Vaughn said it himself. Gosh. This is more on the linebackers, including the outside guys. And that's why Chris isn't going to get paid $15 million. He's not going to get paid more than $15 million. And I was listening to um, some of our colleagues yesterday. Put a get. They were, they, were playing, they were guessing what Chris was going to get. Okay. There were three guesses. All of them between 12.75 and 13.5. Hmm. From the Broncos? From the Broncos. Where would you come down on your price if you were to get and let's live in the world, Chris Harris Jr. gets re-signed. What's the price? Eleven and a half. I think so too. I don't think he gets anywhere near that. It eleven and a half is generous from the Broncos. And I felt like that was almost the ceiling. I shouldn't go any higher than that. Because Ryan, like we've detailed, Chris has no power in this, and John certainly isn't a guy that's just going to give money away, except for Chris. He did it last year. He gave him incentives in his contract, and that was the first time John had just ever given someone the opportunity to get money, but John was giving the opportunity to get money. This is just John flat out handing a raise to Chris when there's no leverage. It doesn't make sense. Why would John give $13 million? Why would he give $12.5 million? Yeah, I just keep having more and more clarity on this. How old is Chris Harris Jr. right now? 29. How old will he be in week one? 30. This is his one and only chance that remains for him to negotiate a contract in his 20s. Yep. And I totally understand why he's trying to do that. But he's going to have a few options. The options are your next contract comes in your 30s or take a discount. Those are his only options. Yep. And so to me, 11 and a half might be a little rich. Now, I think 11 and a half is the Broncos saying, you know what? We will reward Chris. We value you. We love you. You know, we want you to be happy. Blah, blah, blah. I know 10 million is going to be really rough on you and your family. So we'll go 11 and a half. <laughs> um, that's I, 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 would, I think three for 30. is pretty good for a 30 year old corner. Yeah. Now I, it, it does throw a wrench in the gears. And they had to have been thinking about this when they were negotiating with Kareem Jackson. They paid Kareem Jackson that, so they just set the bar on their own team. Yep. Um, so that's what gets me above 11 is just that little fact. Yep. But again, the Broncos don't have to make Chris Harris Jr. the highest paid uh, secondary member on the team. And honestly, if I'm the general manager, I'm saying tough luck, kid. This You got a contract, and you can play on it and negotiate your contract with whoever, whatever team you want. When, it, when it's up. The report was that John was going to make a counteroffer this week. Why? Why would you do that if you're John? Isaac Yadam is limited this week, supposed to be full go next week. I would wait through all of OT. I'd wait till the summer until I'm reaching out to him, until after, rookie, or after mandatory minicamp at the beginning of June because I want to see how good Bryce Callahan is in the slot outside, see if he can fill that role. I want to see how good Isaac Yadam is when he's playing for a few weeks uh, and, and get the true honest report from Ed Donatel and Vic Fangio to see whether these guys say, you know what, John? Don't just offer him $11 million. Don't offer him anything. Our system 
doesn't need him. And not only does our system not need a $15 million per year player, we don't need an $11 million player because these other guys are playing well enough to, 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 to let us thrive. Let's see if he shows up for $8 million this year. And if not, we'll be fine with these guys for the future. And I know you guys don't like to hear this. I know you don't. But you paid Vic Fangio and you brought him in. You made him the head coach so he could be an excellent defensive coordinator. He's a guy that doesn't need excellent cornerbacks and every position on the field. So why would you not cater to that? Why would you build your team in a way that it doesn't need to be built? Yeah, and... Remember how the Broncos felt about paying Chris Harris, Akeem Tlaib, and Bradley Roby. Because that was going to be north of $30 million per year. And that was in a system that is 100% relying on the quarterback. Press man. That guy has to lock that guy up, or those guys that you're paying all that money to up front have no chance to get them. Maybe, and I'm starting to have a little bit of, uh, of clarity on this. <laughs> The Broncos really wanted Cream Jackson, not because they think he's better corner than Chris Harris Jr., because they think he's more versatile. And Vic Fangio said, versatility is very important to what I'm doing out here. Yeah. They said, okay, we'll get you Cream." Then they had, and this is just a, a hypothetical co- conversation in the building, they had two options. Sign up Chris Harris Jr. as well, bring back a really good corner uh, for $11 per season, or... Just go get Bryce Callahan for what did he get? Three for twenty-one. Yep, seven. For seven million a season. Yep. And Vic Fangio said, "Look, Chris Harris Jr., great player. Bryce Callahan can do the same things in my defense. And in fact, he's already more advanced at doing them. And so they just said, okay, cool. Now we're paying eighteen million to two corners mm-hmm. instead of tw- thirty-four mm-hmm. or thirty-two. Mm-hmm. And in a system in which Von Miller just told us it's not that reliant on the defensive backs, would it not be, take the names out of it, would it not be irresponsible to pay 30 plus million to a position that your defense isn't that reliant on? John thought it was irresponsible when the defense was 100% reliant on it. That's why he traded a keep to leap, among a few other things. But he was not going to pay a keep $11 million. He wasn't going to do it. So, yes, it would be irresponsible because, Ryan, let's look around the rest of the team. Are there still holes? Could you use that money next year in free agency? Of course you can. I mean, right now, we don't really know about the receivers. You feel good about the future of tight end quarterbacks good. How many positions on that offensive line are you comfortable with? We've gone as low as one. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you're looking in the future, you probably say two. You say your right tackle, who you just paid tons of money to, and your left guard, who you just invested uh, big time in and draft capital. That's it. So you have holes around the rest of this team, which the money can be used. Ryan, here's a, here's a tough question. Would you rather have Kareem Jackson who you know can play safety as well as both corner positions, three years, $33 million, what he got, or would you rather have Chris Harris, I'll put it $11 million per year, but five years for $11 million, who you don't know if he can play safety. You know, he, you know he's a stud inside and outside. Uh, it just depends on where my – what what my importance is because I'll still take Chris Harris Jr. at corner over Kareem Jackson any day if 
to me, ha- having a guy who can also play safety is very important. Well, then the, the answer is obvious. And what we're thinking is that for Vic Fangio, that was very important. Remember, he told us, I watched Kareem Jackson, went into John and said, we really like this guy. Mm-hmm. And John said, cool, we do too. Um, and, and they went out and got him. But that, that to me was like Vic Fangio getting his guy. Gosh. And, and here's the other thing, Zach, as we talk about this. It's not as if Chris Harris Jr. wouldn't be here this year. You take his $8 million and you strap it on top of that, what are we at? $26 million. Mm-hmm. That's still a, a reasonable price. That is. That is. Ryan, we know how good Chris Harris Jr. is. You know how the national media, or not, not just media, the nation doesn't really know how good he is except for maybe some opposing quarterbacks? What if Vic comes in and said, Chris is good, Come on, he's he's a 5'10", 199-pound cornerback. I got one of those in my backyard in Bryce Callahan. I'll just bring him over here, and he's going to be able to do just as good of a job, especially in my defense. What if Vic is the one who's kind of championing, championing this effort and not saying, I don't want Chris, but don't pay him all that money? All I can do is shrug because it, it, if that hypothetical conversation took place, it makes sense. Um and here's, a, and here's another thing to keep in mind. If the Broncos were to pay him $11 million, they're still – oh, no. Yeah, they're still just a touch under that $30 million threshold. Mm. If you're paying him $15 million, right. now you're far over it. Yep. So if $30 million to the corners is too high, well, you could do 29 at 11 mm-hmm. And you could do 20, 28 at, at, at 10 I would be shocked – Absolutely shocked if he gets in the twelve to thirteen million dollar range in this in this town. Just doesn't make sense. Now, how Ryan, personally, how do you want this to resolve? What do you think the best way for this to resolve is? How do I want it to resolve? Get Chris in the building, however, in whatever way you can. Why? Because I really like Chris. Mm-hmm. Be happy for him and his family if he got a ton of money. And he's a great quote in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just I have to we have to put ourselves in the shoes of John Elway sometimes, and in and when I do that. I'm saying, dude, we can get you for $8 million this year. And, heck, if we still want you next year, we can have you for 15 then. Yeah. And that's just going to be 23 over two years. which or is even right 14 for then. Right. Yeah, maybe it's 14. Yeah. 22 over two years. Which is that's it. A great which is deal. 11 a year. Right. And that's a great deal for me. And I still have the option of if, if we don't think we need you, or we think your play declines in your 30-year-old season, and then I don't have to pay you anymore. That's it. I mean, that that's ideal for John. And I know it's it's brutal, but Ryan, it's a business. And at the end of the day, it's $22 freaking million. Now, I know people are going to say, yeah, but he should be getting $30 million. Well, you know what? He signed that contract. And I know people are going to say, well, yeah, but teams don't have to honor that contract. Well, it's because... They didn't negotiate a Kirk Cousins contract. You know, that does fall on someone's shoulders. I'm not saying Chris, but Fred Lyles. And and, and really, that doesn't fall on anyone's shoulders, but that's just how the way it is. He only got three guaranteed years in there. Yeah. It's a a tough situation because, again, it has nothing to do with my feelings towards Chris. If Chris Harris Jr. gets $15.5 million per year, I'll be so happy for him. He's a great guy. Yep. But – for the Broncos, who have to make response, and remember, if they gave him fifteen million dollars, they'd be over that thirty percent over three players. Yep. Which some believe to be a death kiss. Yep. 
if they have to make responsible decisions with their money, it's just not responsible for them to give Chris Harris Jr. thirty, uh, you know, three years, forty-five million. That's just not smart. That isn't. It's not smart at all, and it all wraps back to the New England Patriots. Remember when they traded Jamie Collins to to the Browns for a third-round pick, a conditional third-round pick, and and everyone's like, "What are they doing trading this guy entering his prime?" What has Jamie Collins done since then? Who? Exactly. He's done nothing. You know what they're doing now? They're talking about bringing him back, probably on a vet minimum deal, and he's probably going to play the best ball of his life. It's it's just you can't get caught up in the number, in the name, in the story, in what they've done for you. You get you got to just be in the business, cutthroat business mode, and that's what appears John Elway's doing. Here's my last thing I'll say on this. When John Elway was negotiating with Von Miller, he actually didn't have the leverage. Um, he, there was just not a scenario in which he could live without Von Miller. Yeah. You can't win a Super Bowl and not come back the next season with your Super Bowl MVP in his prime. So I think Von and his agent always knew that fact. Yep. John was going to get beaten that one. He was fighting a losing battle from day one. Mm-hmm. John's not getting beaten this. Because all the reasons we just detailed, especially if Vic Fangio is sitting there and saying, look, love to have him because he's a good player. We'll take as many good players as we can. But I'll tell you that we don't need him. And I think John is going into this entire negotiation process saying we don't need Chris Harris. We want Chris Harris. We don't need Chris Harris. And to me, that means he will not lose. He will not lose this negotiation. And Chris, I mean, reports of this weekend – is that Chris is still wanting $15 million plus. John is just certainly not going to pay that. Uh, you know something I will pay for? <laughs> Weinster. <laughs> if you're like me and you're trying to be a mature, refined adult, or if you just really like wine, you have to check out my friends over at Weinster. And I'm serious, guys. Weinster is so cool. Like, I'm going off script here. Um, this is not just your classic wine club that you know you've heard your friends try or whatever and they got a coupon in their fab fit fun box or whatever thing they do and they're like oh yeah i got this this is not just like a, a wine club that sends you wine this for them is one about getting great people great wine but also about supporting the bsn denvers of the wine industry mm, i like that if you are out there you know uh consuming your sports content from espn you're getting the, the surface level stuff from, you know, the biggest corporation. And that's what the wine is that you're getting from one most wine clubs or just off the shelf at the liquor store. This is about the BSN Denvers. They go out there and they find the people who are work, have put their entire life into just making this wine um, and are, are doing anything and everything they can to get that wine out to the people. And it's really cool because I wish there was someone out there championing our cause <laughs> yep. other than the, our great subscribers, but someone out there saying, hey, stop getting your sports news from ESPN. Try this and showing them us. And that's what Weinster is doing for wine companies. So I realize you've heard of, you know, a ton of these wine club things, especially if you listen to podcasts, you've probably heard a lot of them. This is not like those. Uh, and they also have lounges that you can go hang out in, which are awesome. Get some wine, some cheese, hang out, learn about these people whose wine that you're drinking. You're drinking their lifeblood. 
almost might look literal in that sense <laughs> uh, if it's red. But make sure you check out Weinster because they are doing something really special. Uh, and I wasn't much of a wine person before I um, started learning about Weinster. But now I'm really invested in this and I'm like following these wine wineries, these tiny little wineries on Instagram and seeing all their little things about them. And now I'm invested in their in them the same way a lot of you guys are invested in us. That is so cool. So they, they really do find the hidden gems. They really, really do. And they'll tell you the stories and, and all sorts of stuff about how these people have tried to make their wine different. Um, and, and it's just, it's cool to me especially I think people our age like to feel a connection mm -hmm. to the companies that they're supporting and working with. And with wine, sir, you absolutely not only feel a connection with them because they'll treat you like family, but you'll feel a connection to the wine you're drinking. And I think it, it creates a, an even better experience. That's, that is awesome. And Ryan, speaking of family and community. And one last thing, if you use the code BSN 25, you'll get $25 off your first shipment of wine. And if you do that, I bet you'll be hooked. I bet you'll be hooked. So give it a try. It sounds like it's an easy hook, too. And let's hear from our family and community. First question coming in from Philip McGroin. He says, new subscriber here. I've been listening to the pod for over a year. Finally joined for your awesome off-season coverage. Thank you, Philip. We're so happy to have you. Anyways, my question is, are all of the OT pre OTA practices available to the media? I love following you guys on Twitter and reading what you guys see. Thanks for all the great coverage. It is well worth the price. Thanks so much. Unfortunately, the answer is no. There was a day back when Gary Kubiak was in charge that all, they all were. Such is not the case anymore. Um, we only get one a week. Yep. So we try to give you as much as we can. That's why I wrote, you know, 1,100 words on it the other day. Um, there's also a little, you know, restrictions on what we can and can't say. So I try to give you as much detail as I possibly can without getting in trouble. And that's why it's, it's good to listen to the pod, but also subscribe so you get it right away. But also we, th we make sure we throw in some details uh, everywhere we can. Yeah, Twitter, pod, yep. online, wherever it is, we, try, we, we do try to, you know, fill you guys in. Yep. Next one's from Drop Switch. He says, hey, dudes, if the team finds a running back that blows them away and becomes the obvious third guy on the chart, would the Broncos try to trade or cut Booker before the season starts? Also, getting in late on this conversation. If you dig a <laughs> hole in the ground, it's one hole due to one opening. So wouldn't a straw have two holes due to two openings? <laughs> like the blood talk? Last of the strong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th this was the easiest one to be convinced either way, so drop switch, I agree. Zach just goes with whoever commented <laughs> most recently. Um, I don't think the Broncos have any ties to Devontae Booker anymore. It's If someone beats him out, they'll have no problem cutting him. D exactly. Exactly. Now, Trading him is not happening because he's not good enough. I'm curious to watch him a little more because he had the ball and and I think it was a run play. And someone said, "Who is that speedy little back?" And it was it was Devonte. And so I'm curious to see if he's tried to transform his game into more of that. But yeah, they they are they were hooked on him last year. He was not going anywhere. It's not the case now. The only thing he needs to work on, he's kind of like Jeff Hireman in the sense of he is a blocking back. If he can pick up blitzes better than the other two guys, he'll be safe. Yep. Um, or whoever is trying to catch him on the on the uh, depth chart. Do you hate Devontae Booker as the third running back? I don't care. Is, so he's fine. You're, you're not looking to go out and get someone better. Do you care about who the third running back is ever? No. 
<laughs> no, and, and, and that's that. There's some people, though, that are like, Booker, he averaged under three yards per carry his first two seasons. He's so bad. He needs to go. It's like, if if he if you are relying on him to be your main guy, you're hosed. You're in trouble. Yeah, and that's not going to change with uh, Khalifani Muhammad with someone else coming from another team. Yeah, it's he's a guy. He's just a guy. Yeah, and yeah. that's okay. <laughs> um, next one here from JC thirty eighty. Hey guys. I saw on Twitter today that Garrett Bowles is working out with Matt McChesney. Does this change how you feel about him going into the season? I saw Garrett yesterday driving his uh, sweet little truck. Was he driving over to uh, 6-0 strength? I think he was going the opposite direction. Ah. I think. Um, You know, I heard an interesting quote yesterday. And the quote was, if you work out for nine hours one day, nothing's going to change. But if you work out for 20 minutes every single day, your body will transform mm. in maybe less time than those nine hours. If Garrett Bowles shows up at 6-0 strength once, I don't really care. Right. If he shows up there every day alongside those guys, well, not every day, but every day that's available to them alongside those guys. Remember, they had practice yesterday. So I love to see that they went and did a two-a-day with Matt. But it's all about consistency. If I, if I see him working there throughout the rest of the offseason – and on Tuesdays during the season, I'm going to feel really encouraged that he's decided, you know what, I need to do anything and everything. Um, but I really loved that quote. You know, you could brush your teeth a thousand times in one day. <laughs> it doesn't change the fact that you need to wake up, and brush your teeth, and do it again before you go to sleep. Yeah, I, I like that quote. And it's, it's kind of like a New Year's resolution, right? When the OTAs start. Or when the off-season program starts, I'm sure everyone's getting in there five minutes. Just like Derek Wolf said, everyone's getting in to meetings five minutes before they start. Uh, everyone's working out on January 1st. But what happens in May with your New Year's resolution? What happens in October, in the middle of a season? Are people still five minutes early? Are people still staying late? And then are people still going for that extra workout? Exactly. When I was in college, I used to tell myself I was going to take notes on the first day of every semester. <laughs> and I probably have tons of files in this computer of notes for some class that I literally took for one day. <laughs> Just the first day. And then I went back to reading Twitter the entire class. <laughs> well, big waste of money. <laughs> but hey, you got here. I did get here. I built some connections. I definitely did not learn about geography or american politics or any of that stuff it's about who you know not what you know right <laughs> yeah it's who you ran into while you were in college is really the most important if you found a job and you found a girl you did all right you're good <laughs> and i think that i guess that's what i paid for yep <laughs> uh from rob hey zach and ryan i moved for to iowa from denver about two years ago and struggled to find good broncos content until i came across your podcast last fall thanks for making the broncos more accessible Thanks for, uh, for riding with us. We appreciate it every day. He says, I have to agree with Ryan. Eagles fans aren't that bad at all. I was in London last year, and I ran into a bunch of Eagles fans that had flown in for the game against the Jags. We were on a beer tour together, and it was a solid group. I started by thanking them for beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, and they appreciated the Broncos beat him twice in the playoffs. Nothing brings NFL fans together like a hatred of Tom Brady. <laughs> he goes on. Ryan, when we moved to Iowa, I really thought we would miss the beer in Denver, but they actually have a lot of great breweries here. I was pleasantly surprised. Don't give up on the beer scene outside of Colorado. The food here is terrible, but if you drink enough beer, you don't care as much about the food. He must not like fried food. Um, 
I had good. I I think I had good food when I was in Iowa, and I and I also had good beer when I was in Iowa. I think it tastes good. It's got to be all fried. It's it wasn't all fried. <laughs> it, I had pizza the first time I was there okay. at some. I think it was called Fong's Pizza, and. They had like all sorts of different types of pizza, you know, like crab rangoon pizza. Um, but also the crust, if I remember correctly, was like super duper thin and super duper crunchy, almost like matzah like. Sign me up for that right now. It was it was pretty good. I would have it again if I went back. He goes on and says any chance we can get some of the t-shirts in tall sizes. I'm not the person to ask about that, but you can always email merch at bsndenver.com uh food in iowa other than that pizza i had this burger place that someone has mentioned once before on this podcast it's called like monster burgers or something (laughs) not gonna get in trouble for that one uh then i also ate at an applebee's while i was there Uh, that was that was decent (laughs) it was right next to our little hotel i I was actually staying with uh, our friend nick cosmiter what else we're talking about Iowa? Yes. I was there for the NCAA tournament. Oh, okay. Made a stop in Old Des Moines. Yep. The beer was actually really good, though. There's actually good beer everywhere now, it turns out. And Colorado beer travels pretty far, too. I just, if I have the option, if I'm looking in the store, I'm just not going to be like, oh, let me get some good old Iowa beer. <laughs> oh, right. You know, right. I'm just going to be like, oh, let me, what's best in Colorado? I wonder if people do that. If, if they go to the liquor store in Iowa and say, I want some Colorado beer. You know, or do we just overblow it so much? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think most people would want to stay true to what's, what's home to them. That's fair. I'll say this. When I'm in Iowa... I totally want to drink Iowa beer. I want to see what they have to offer. I'm not yeah. going to Iowa and ordering right. Avery IPA. Nope. 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 I totally agree. And with fans, you know what I realized last night? I was thinking about this. It's just whoever you surround yourself with. For me, every fan base I've surrounded myself with, I've thought, oh, what an awful fan base, except for the Broncos. I mean, speaking of Iowa, when I was at, at Drake, there were a lot of, of Packers fans. I'm like, oh, Packers fans are the worst. Then uh, in, in Colorado, where I, where I was at, at University of Denver, there were a lot of Vikings fans, and boy, they were just the worst. And then surrounding myself with some 49ers fans, and oh, man, they're the worst. So I think it's... I don't know how you judge a good fan base or a fan or, or a bad fan base. I guess the good ones are just kind of ones you feel bad about, maybe. Aren't annoying. The the teams which are the worst have the best fan bases because they're not, uh, you know, they're not crazy about their expectations. Yep. They just want to have fun and enjoy and everyone to get along. <laughs> exactly. All right, you got the next question next for Next one coming in from Lindsay MVP 2020 Hi, guys. Now that OTAs are underway, when can we expect you guys to give us your thoughts as to a mock 53-man squad? <laughs> I know things will change before week one, but it would be great to get an idea as to what the squad may look like. Go Broncos. Wow. We can't do that this early. <laughs> Here's what it would come down to. Pretty much everyone who was on the team last year mm-hmm. – uh, all the rookies and Brett Rippon. Yep, throwing Elijah Holder too. <laughs> yeah, if you want to, if you want to get crazy, if you want to start, you know, feeling yourself. You know what? We could, 
We could do that in the summer. You know, after we collect all this information, we could do that for you, Lindsay MVP. It would end up just we would get to the cornerbacks and then have a 20-minute conversation about Chris Harris Jr. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Next one here is from the Manning-Faced God. Wow. Says, hey, Zach and Ryan, new subscriber here. Man, I love hearing that. We've been hearing yep. that a lot lately, yeah, right I here, just in OTAs. It. I love it. He said, I just want to say emphatically that I'm one of the biggest Denver Broncos fans who is from Cali. Got my first ever Broncos jersey, which was a John Elway jersey that I got for my seventh birthday, which happened to be when we beat the Packers in the Super Bowl. Ever since then, I bleed the orange and blue. So he's about he's our age. right around it. Anyways, he says, my question stems from the Chris Harris Jr. situation. I know this... Um, I know this is in a couple years from now, but I'm already worried that John is going to have the same approach with Von Miller's contract. Hoping Von stays healthy and continues to ball out, do you think Elway will have a similar approach to Von Miller, who will be close to his mid-30s? I'm hoping to see Von in orange and blue until he retires, as he's clearly stated. What do you think? Uh Uh-oh, Ryan. We have an emotional fan here. And I understand, and I think every fan is emotional toward Von Miller. Uh, And, of course, everyone was on Vaughn's side during the first negotiations. But how old is Vaughn going to be then? He's 30 right now, and he has three years left on his contract, including this year. So when he's a free agent, he's going to be 33 years old. What's Vaughn want? Does he want another big contract? I mean, it, it, I, I don't know what the circumstances are going to be. Vaughn has consistently told us this offseason. As long as he's playing first and second down, then he's still got it. He's still in his prime. Once he's playing third down, he's lost it. That, that's what he's told us. He's lost a step. Uh, it, at 33 years old, is he going to be playing just third down? If so, then I think he stays around with the Broncos because I think he realizes that he's lost that step. If he, at, at that final year when he's 32, if he's still playing all three downs, he's probably going to want big money and – I can't see John Elway paying huge money again. I think John Elway, Matt Russell, and Mike Sullivan will be so relieved when that contract is off the books. Mm. Um, They were trapped into that contract. Now, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't have wanted to keep Von Miller around, but they had no choice but to pay Von Miller a ton of money. Uh, And it's put them in in just a situation every year since then. Um, it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying they shouldn't have done it, but I just guarantee when they don't have to pay Von Miller $20 million a year, it's going to be a breath of fresh air for them. That being said, also that's going to come up right around the time where they're going to have to play Drew Locke, who's already won an MVP. Mm. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, He's already won two. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, so I think if Vaughn wants to stay around, yes, he's going to have to take a hometown discount. Now, the Broncos might have a little more um, legs to stand on when they say, we gave you the biggest contract in the history of a <laughs> defensive player. You've got right. nearly $200 million in the bank. Give us a break on this one. Let's do you know, $8 million a year or something along those lines. Um, then I can see that happening. Maybe John Elway's not even the GM by then. So it would be really awkward to see – one Broncos Super Bowl MVP have to spurn another Broncos Super Bowl MVP, mm. but it just it's always going to come down to the money. Von Miller, if he becomes a free agent at 33, there will be a team out there who says Von Miller is the last piece to our puzzle. Let's go pay Von 15 a year, and you know, uh, and try and win this thing. Yep. And the Broncos aren't going to be that team. So I don't know. This is too far ahead. 
Reminds me a lot, you know, th- thinking worst case scenario, reminds me a lot of DeMarcus Ware leaving the Cowboys with still something left in the tank. Winning and a Super Bowl. Exactly, man. Also, I'm looking at this, and according to Spot Track, there's an out in Von Miller's contract after this year. It would come at the cost of $11 million in dead cap, but it would save... It, the the rest of his contract has cap hits of about fifty million for the final two years. Wonder if they're gonna offer him a extended restructure. Right. That maybe that's the best thing to happen. Yeah. The Broncos don't really want to pay him upwards of thirty million dollars over the next few years, and so they say, hey, let's do another five year deal. Yep. Uh, and we'll bring that number down to seventeen million a year or something. Right. Exactly. That'd be nice. All right, he goes uh, on to say, keep up the food talk. That's what make this podcast even more awesome than it is. You guys should definitely try Punjabi food. It's the cuisine of the state of, I feel like I'm, gonna, I'm saying this wrong, but Punjab. Punjab. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, which is in northern India and Pakistan. Most Indian food slash Pakistani food you eat is Punjabi food. I would recommend butter chicken, chicken tikka, or chicken curry. This is spicy goodness that, trust me, you won't regret it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I've had lots and lots of Indian food, and I love it. I love every bit of Indian food I've ever had. So much spice, so much flavor. It just pops. There's actually a place um, by the office when I'm out there that Brandon and I like to go get lunch at sometimes. That is a uh, Indian food like buffet style by this this family mm. who lives out there and it is so good mm. what's the go-to chicken curry yeah i love i love curry oh, spicy it's so yep. good yep i'm hungry <laughs> from lone star bronco i don't think flacco should be viewed in a negative light i understand wanting flacco to mentor drew but it's different when you're nearing 40 and when you're 34 joe doesn't realize he's potentially done in the nfl it's one thing to train your replacement when you're happily strolling off into retirement on your own terms. It's a whole different thing when you're being forced out by someone close to half your age. Also, this is a, a basketball comment. Go Golden State. I can't stand Lillard and McCollum, and Jamal Murray was non-existent in the playoffs. Well, that's not true. Uh, he was non-existent in Game 7. He existed very much so the rest of the playoffs. <laughs> yep. He said, did you all see the Vikings had to restructure a player in order to sign their first-round pick? Sure hope for their sakes, Cousins has a better year. <sighs> that is weird. Ryan, I turned to you and said that when I saw that come across the timeline yesterday. Man, you need Kirk Cousins to be good, just like Lone Star said. Whew. That's a franchise sinker if he has another bad season this year. Here's the thing. Yeah, was Kirk Cousins better than or yeah, better than Case Keenum last year? Yes. Will he be better than him this year? Yes. But when you compare those contracts, who's better in the end? I mean, it probably all depends on on Drew Locke. The Broncos got out of the whole thing for less guarantee for less money than the and then the Vikings guaranteed Kirk Cousins just for last year. <sighs> yeah, the John Elway won in that. Yeah, especially if Cousins doesn't turn it on this year. Now, if he brings them to you know the the NFC right. Championship game this year, well then you say, all right, well now. He's brought them to the same level that Case Keenum did. But, uh, you know, now it looks like you made the right choice. But that was a very rash decision to them that essentially to me was like, a, we have to win a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, it was it was Kirk Cousins having all the power. He becomes a villain in that town if yep. he doesn't have a good season. Yep. And then all these cute little things he does on Twitter turns into what the 
Yeah, God. <laughs> Guys, I can't stand that guy. Uh, we, we touched on the Flacco stuff, and I agree with you on there. From Enbot, he said, Hey, I hear you thought I had too many of my favorite keto snacks. Yes, that's a bourbon on Fever Tree Soda with a splash, splash of lime. I love a good... Uh, what is Fever Tree Soda? I don't know. Maybe oh. it's just um, like carb-free soda. Oh, okay. Yeah. It says, but check out the two podcasts listed on your website at the two following links. They are the same recording if you listen. That is so weird because some people heard it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Let me look. I'm going to look at it right now, live on air. <laughs> Actually, I can't do that. Um, okay, anyways, he says, or maybe I've had too many cold snacks again tonight. At this point, it's hard to say. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Because I checked the file on iTunes, and it was the right one. How weird. So maybe just go to iTunes and bot. Yeah, there you go. He says, anyways, I love the rookie camp and OTA coverage. I didn't realize how much better listening to a podcast is versus reading an article about camps. There's just so much detail. It's easier to absorb from a conversation than a written article. Fair enough. Yeah, just hit it both ways. Yeah, that's that's why we like to give you every option. You want to read it while you're at your desk so it doesn't look like you're not working. <laughs> uh, that's fine. You just scroll, kind of squint your eyes a little bit, look like you're crunching some numbers, and your boss is off your back. If you put the headphones in... yeah. Maybe you're uh, in trouble. Maybe other places you got to work with your hands. Right. So you can't just be scrolling, uh, you know, on the website reading an article. Then you put the headphones in. No one cares. Yep. <laughs> or you do both. He says, P.S. You tagged me for the White Claw Mixer info. But after some research, I've got to say I'm not finding much. The alcohol in White Claw is made from fermented sugars, not vodka. Uh, for what it's worth, as a keto warrior, I'm either sipping a 5% um, seltzer water or a cocktail and soda. It's a good enough pace for me. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but that's good to know that it's not uh, vodka because I don't like vodka. Is it? Is it a malt beverage? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? It tastes good. But apparently once you ferment the sugars, the carbs go away. Which is crazy. But it's true. I guess it is. I'll take their word for it. Uh, going on here from Spacebar. He's got a long one. Oh my god! I just keep scrolling. Just scrolls on forever. Should we go with the? Should we just address the bluff? Let's do that. All right. One, there are definitely situations where a person knows a month or more um, in advance about something and cannot change it. Okay, I'm gonna have to look that one up. Even for OTAs, probably talking about Juwan James. Right, right. right. Yep. And John James was back at Tuesday. Oh, there we go. Two, when do player contracts become too expensive in the NFL or individual team? What does that mean? guess we're gonna have to read the comments. <laughs> yeah i think so <laughs> bad bloof he says as for what can come up a month in advance that you can't change the date one thing i know of is a medical appointment my wife is a great example of this due to medical conditions she has three appointments with a specialist one of them she has to make a year in advance okay fair yep. enough yep whether it's with him or whether it's his wife that's a good point but the bronco if you're in the nfl you have 24 7 access to med medical specialists it's true unless it's like a very specialized thing. right um is there anything else nope those that was that okay let me get to the player contracts where does it stop with elite players wanting to become the highest paid player at their position or contracts becoming higher and higher every year i understand there's a small number of elite players but there's always 11 minimum per year with the price of players when do teams and gm step in and say enough is enough when do contracts get passed up because they've become too expensive that if a team were to pay a player that certain amount, they couldn't afford to have other decent players on the team? 
I don't know if it's ever going to stop because the salary cap goes up. And I'm trying to think of an example of, of when the, Von Miller is a pretty good example. He was the highest paid defensive player in the history of the NFL for what? I think it was like three full seasons. That was an example of kind of the league saying, whoa, whoa, that's too much money. Now, that th- this is an example of that space bar of where the next guy to sign, you, you, it's not like those contracts come down. It just takes forever for the league to catch up to them. Yeah, Kirk Cousins will be one uh, like that as well. The guarantees on that were just, that was the craziest part. And everyone thought that this was just the new NFL. All contracts are going to be 100% guaranteed now because of Kirk. Everyone thought he was leading the movement. He wasn't leading the movement. No, Aaron Rodgers has signed the deal since. Um, it, and then obviously Russell this, Wilson. Russell Wilson. Uh, neither of those were fully guaranteed. A lot of guaranteed, but not fully guaranteed. And neither of them were north of 30 uh, AAV, were they? I think so. I think Rodgers was like 32 and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't. So, think so. so Cousins isn't even the highest paid quarterback anymore? No. Wow, I missed that. Just per guarantees. So I guess they already have. It's just the guarantees that they haven't caught right. up yet. Right. I hope we get to a point where NFL contracts are guaranteed. These players deserve, if they're going to put their life on the line, maybe not quite that much. They're going to put their body on the line every game. They should be promised that the contract that they signed is still going to be there for them. Man, this next negotiating period is going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, a lot has changed since the last NFL CBA. And is that 2021, like the January of 2021 when it expires? I'm not sure. I think that's when it is. I think there's two more seasons of football left. You're the guy who understands like (laughs) calendars and stuff like that. I just wake up every day and hope I'm in the right place. You are today. Yes. From Space Bar. Zach, to answer your question about how much Peyton Manning made during his career, basically for 18 years, on the field, plus sal- with salaries and bonuses, $249 million. <laughs> Off the field, endorsements and licenses, $150 million. We're talking about $400 million in 18 years, highest in the NFL, uh, but not in American sports. Hmm. Wow, that's some great information, Spacebar. Thanks for passing that along. And that just, that, that's a perfect number because Peyton Manning was asked to take a four, forced to take a $4 million pay cut his final season. That is 1% of all he's made, and it was still such a big deal. He was, man, Ryan, I heard a story just a few weeks ago. He was furious when he got the call being asked slash told that he was going to have this pay cut. But then you know what? He got it all back. Who do you have, real quick, as the highest paid uh athlete in the history of american sports and i think if when you hear it you're gonna say ah oh, yeah i've heard that before oh well, it seems easy to me mj nope no in fact kobe's actually made more than mj wow who floyd mayweather ah yes of course <laughs> of course i knew you would do that because <laughs> uh, as soon as i saw it i was like all oh, right i've heard yep. that before yep um 700 million north of that Wow. Couldn't happen to a better guy. (laughs) Right. Not. Uh -uh. All right, let's take a break here, and when we come back, we'll get to the rest of the questions. Green Mountain Dental has a long-standing tradition of being one of Lakewood's best family dental care offices. Um, I have been a 
patient since I was three, which is in 1974. You know, my parents, myself, and now my children all go there. It's just a great place to be, very positive experience with them, definitely. New patients can receive free teeth whitening trays when they schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Also, all colored sport mouth guards start at just $25. The doctors will come out and visit with you, um, ask you how your family is doing. You know, just very friendly and family-oriented. It's just very comfortable to, to be there. That's GreenMountainDentalGroup.com. Final segment here on the BSN Broncos podcast, an off day for the Broncos. Not an off day for us, but definitely more time for us to, um, you know, just talk about whatever we want, which is why this podcast has been pretty long. Mm-hmm. Let's get here to the rest of the questions, though. Do you have the next one, Zach? From Chilango Broncos says, hey, guys, thanks for the T-shirt discount offered to us that subscribers to us that subscribed in a time where no offers were available. It speaks great of you. A thought and a question. Yeah, real quick. I just, uh, you know, we're always, as a company, you're always trying to figure out how to grow, 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 grow. And how can we get more subscribers? And how can we get more, you know, this, that, more listeners on the podcast? Um, But we always try to make a point every time we have one of those conversations is, okay, if we do X, Y, or Z to get new subscribers, we got to think of a way to to reward the, the, the original subscribers. So, it's not, you know, it's not, I, I totally realize I've been the person who bought something right before it went on sale. Like everyone has done that. And so I totally understand when people are like, oh man, this deal wasn't available. But we, we are always thinking of you trying to think of ways to, to, uh, to get you guys involved. And obviously we can't just give a free shirt to all of our subscribers or else we'd probably be bankrupt, <laughs> but we can give a discount. Man, I freaking love that. He goes on to say a thought and a question. I think we should stop the story of Flacco not mentoring Locke. I can see it growing and growing and being blown out of proportion easily. I only saw a very honest Joe talking to the media, and in no way did I see anything wrong with him at all. I am all for Flacco being our quarterback, and it is great having Locke as our sub and future. I think we both completely agree with you. Yep. The question is something that has been on my mind for a while now. How do you see the players, specifically the veterans, responding to the coaching staff how do you see Flacco? Or how do they see Fangio with respect? Do they fear him? Do they seem to enjoy him and be enjoying the practice more than they did the last couple of years? Thanks as always. We'll be heading to Houston in December to catch the game. I think it's going to be one of the game game defining games of the season. Much love. Resign Pecco, please. Um I haven't noticed any difference in the the way the players are responding we've seen one full practice i will say i like the way fangio just kind of floats around stares with his eyes half you know <laughs> like like he's pondering yeah looks might say something to a player might say something to a coach and then just moves on to another place um I, I, his presence is felt that's what i'll say y- you can tell everyone tries a little harder whatever when he's around there's, it's just no BS, whether it's practice, whether it's off. Uh, pl- multiple players have said he's straightforward, and that's something this team needed. No BS, just get straight to the point. From Threat Level Midnight, I don't think he's going to like the answer here. He <laughs> says, Sup, dudes, you briefly mentioned him yesterday, but what's going on with Will Parks? Is he running with the ones, or is he playing backup right now? Stoked to see him have more playing time after last year's efforts. Yeah, he, was, uh, he actually made a 
he was around the ball a lot, but not with the first team. Yeah, we don't know. We we can only go off just our observations. Yeah. And our observations are one, the coaching staff has not mentioned him. Period. Not at all. Not once. His name has not come up in conversation. Two, he's playing with the twos. This is a guy who I believe was a starter at the end of oh he oh he was a starter for the the last six or so games of the season last year, relegated to the second team. What does that mean for him? I don't know. Maybe they're they're putting you know a little extra on his plate, trying to put a or I say I should say trying to light a fire under him by knocking him down a little bit. I just get the feeling that they don't see him as a great fit for this defense. It's it's got to be that because Ryan. How big of a hole is there for the Broncos at cornerback right now with no Chris Harris Jr.? Pretty big. Pretty big one. I mean, you're playing Bryce Callahan outside. Uh, who knows who's inside? You have Devontae Bosby on the outside as your starting corner. But no, they're not using Kareem Jackson as a corner to fill in any of those slots. He's still sticking at safety right now. Now he'll play a little bit at corner, um, as Fangio said, but mainly he's at safety. I mean, what does that say, how they view Will Parks? To me, it seems like I'd go Justin Simmons and Will Parks as your safeties, at least at this time, and then you bring Kareem Jackson down as a cornerback to fill that hole. They're not doing that. No. No, they aren't. I don't know what to tell you. We can only base our observations off what we've seen. Exactly. Lone Star Bronco chimes in and says, potential buzzer beater. Nope. How do you say that name? McCagan? McCagan fired in New York. <laughs> Gase to be the interim interim general manager. Sounds crazy to me. What do y'all think? Who's the candidates to replace? Hmm, I hate to do this, but don't know, don't care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, the one that was brought up today by our good friend Mike Kliss was um, Matt Russell. Maybe he's in there. And then the other one that people have thrown around on Twitter is... Daniel Jeremiah, another NFL Network analyst. The media, Ryan. You and I will be GM someday. No, thanks. I don't <laughs> want that job. Actually, GM's better than coach. Oh, yes. I've, I've, I want to be, if I'm doing a, a uh, job in that vein, mm. I'd like to be the athletic director at CU. Okay, <laughs> and why is that? I don't know. Just, I think that's, that seems dope. <laughs> just, uh, GM, there's like a lot. Yeah, I'd rather just be the AD. You only win at a, at, at a GM if you win the Super Bowl, Other, as we're seeing with John Elway. Otherwise, it's just trash. Um, but, yeah, Matt Russell, boy. So there's only one person mentioning his name as far as I can see. Yeah, exactly. It seems like he's been groomed long enough, right? Why is an opportunity not come? I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is that that would be a huge loss for John Elway. However much credit you want to give – Matt Russell for these past two drafts. I don't know who who really knows, but Matt Russell is John Elway's best friend inside that building, at least. Probably best friend. Period. Yeah. From Bleed Orange Blue, I like all your points on the Flacco lock topic. I liked Flacco's response; it was perfect. I enjoy hearing honesty for once from NFL players, and I will never bash a player for being honest. I completely agree. From True Champ Fan Twenty Four. Good morning, BSN fam. I'm having a debate with one of my fellow Broncos, buddy. We were talking about Strap, and he believes that he should not be re-signed. It took everything I had not to strike him. Good thing you weren't in the room with us today. <laughs> he made his point 
about after we were driving and listening to the pod one day, you guys said players uh, talked about players needing to be versatile under Fangio. He, for whatever re- reason, believes Chris isn't very versatile, and as he put it, a one-trick magician. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, but I firmly believe Chris is one of the most versatile DBs Denver has ever had. Did he not an- initially enter the league as an undersized safety? No, I'm pretty sure he played corner. Yeah. Uh, he says, I remember watching him before he actually wore 25, lining up against Gronk and making a fantastic play on third down, separating Gronk from the football. Yeah, he's playing in the slot then. Uh, I think I remember him wearing three and was listed as a free safety his rookie season before converting him to corner the following year. I wasn't there, so I don't know. But I'm pretty sure he was a corner at, at Kansas. I think so. He was a corner at Kansas. Uh, he says, I guess what I'm saying is if Fangio needs versatile players in the defense in the secondary, there are not many in the league better than Chris. Thank you all for the coverage. As always, have a great day, everyone. Except you, Elway, he says. <laughs> While shaking his fist. Uh, in true champ fan 24, I appreciate where you're coming from. And it depends. How do you define versatility? I think Chris is absolutely a very versatile player. But when I say that, I'm just thinking about him as a cornerback because he can play everywhere. Put him left, put him right, put him slot, put him deep corner, put him anywhere. He can do anything. Press, off, zone, man, anything. He can do it all. So, yes, I think he's very versatile. I haven't seen him play safety and dominate at safety. So I can't say that he's capable of doing that. Now, if I had to guess, absolutely, I would not limit him. And absolutely, I think he could. But, Ryan, am I going to pay a guy... 15 million for two years to be a corner and then 15 million for two more years to be a safety when I don't know if he's a safety no certainly I'm not doing that yeah uh he is he's a versatile corner he is a versatile corner right Kareem Jackson is a versatile defensive back and like we mentioned earlier I don't know if this is the case but there's a chance that they said rather have the versatile defensive back than the versatile corner and we can come bring in uh Bryce Callahan True Champ fan added some corrections to his thing, which we're not going to read. And he says, sorry, I'm at work and should be concentrating on my inside sales, but I'm trapped in an office on a slow day. Kind of what we were just talking about. He's getting around it. Hammer those keys and look like you're crunching numbers, baby. From K. Pang, thanks for answering my question yesterday. How does Rippin look in practice? Oh, another Will Parks question. Also, is Will Parks playing with the first team? I find it strange that he's barely mentioned. Also, does John Elway love Drew Locke so much that Drew can ask him to wear number seven? LOL, fun to think about. <laughs> Aloha, K-Pang. If Drew Locke were number seven in college, it'd be interesting, but there's just no reason for him to wear a seven now. He still couldn't do it because if John gave him that number, unless it was like a down-the-road thing once he's the starter, if John gave him that number, it would be, it would be such a bad <laughs> luck. It's over. It's over at that point. Yep. Um, Rippin. Yeah. He looks okay. Yeah, he... Exactly. I mean, kind of like we said yesterday, there's Joe Flacco way ahead of everyone else. Drew Locke, you notice the physical skills. I mean, we and, and we even saw a few great pl- passes. You know, the sidearm passes, uh, but still looks frazzled back there. And then there's two other guys. And I do believe that Brett Rippon... He, he's already better than Kevin Hogan, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I we saw... Uh, a few things from Hogan. We're shaking our heads. So, yeah, he, he's a developmental guy. Uh, Hogan won't be with the, the number twos for much longer. And please don't. What are we doing? He's a, Drew Locke's a second-round pick. Come on. And why uh, Brett Rippon is missing out on reps because they don't go four deep every time. What are we doing? 
Really don't know. Really, really don't know. From Bronco Cub. Hey, guys, you guys have made this offseason so enjoyable, and I've honestly never been more excited for a draft in an upcoming season like I have been this year. Awesome. I took Ryan's advice and ordered take your eye off the ball as I've been a football fan all my life, but I'm wanting a better understanding of the game. This is such a... Great recommendation. I know, but this is such a uh, highlight of BSN Denver fans. Yeah. Everyone is here not just to, you know, spout off about the team and yell and scream and be angry. Yeah. Everyone is here because, one, they are a diehard fan through and through. Two, they want to know more about their favorite team and want to become even more of a diehard. Yep. And three, they want to be a smarter fan of that team. Yep. And that's why you're saying, I mean, I didn't expect people to order that. No. But at least five people have come back and said they ordered it because people want to be more educated here. Yeah. I love that about awesome. our fan base. Anyways, he says, my only question now is how does a guy be put into consideration for the Fantasy Football League this year? Mm-hmm. I have family that lives in Denver, so I'll definitely try to make it to the draft slash BSN Open if I'm able. You guys know it. <laughs> you're probably saying it in your car right now. BSN fighting burritos <laughs> at gmail.com. Email BSN fighting burritos at gmail.com. Tell Brad you're in. Uh, you, you can just be in for the draft. You don't have to be in for the open, but uh, all, you could also let them know if you know certain dates or whatever work for you the best. We're looking at week three of the preseason. Try and have a really eventful weekend. Like we can make it a whole BSN weekend. Yeah. Uh, and I think that'd be really cool. And Brad, we we had 48 teams in it last year. If we're doing 48 again, those slots are going to fill up quick. Yeah, and hopefully all 48 are in Denver. <laughs> Man. And we can get 12 tea times. <laughs> he says, I know some of the options will be a little outdated since I've been listening for about four months now and finally gave in and joined the dark side. Oh, some of these opinions. Sorry. Uh, he said, being from Iowa and having worked in a Panchero's while in college, there's no contest. Panchero's greater than Chipotle. <laughs> Hashtag team one hole. And seriously, Zach, just eat a damn hot pocket. It'll ruin your day, but at least you'll have that experience behind you. How could it ruin your day? Does it ruin your day because the experience is behind you? Like you're just like, oh, no day can ever <laughs> get as good as this. Right. <laughs> It's not going to ruin anything. You're going to eat it and say, okay, that was, that was all right. Makes me worried I'm not going to be able to leave the house for the rest of the day, Ryan. <laughs> I don't know. What, why? Do you have issues? Does anyone have, like, when you eat, like, a frozen meal, does that mess up your stomach? No. That's what's happening. You're just eating a, fro- <laughs> you're just eating a, fro- a frozen dinner. Hey, I'm, I'm open to try it. Maybe this summer we make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you only it's said that a hundred times. Did this start last summer? <laughs> probably feels like it yeah well do you have any final thoughts here uh from today's podcast we don't have any buzzer beaters but it is funny that who was it lone star bronco thought he had the buzzer beater six comments ago close close but no cigar uh and speaking of cigars or other things that you can smoke Live Well and Lighten Health is your go-to dispensary for the best deals and the highest quality cannabis products Members of LiveWell's free rewards program have access to $30 pre-weigh half ounces and $60 pre-weigh ounces every single day. LiveWell has 16 locations across Colorado, from the four corners all the way up to Fort Collins with six locations in the Denver area. Visit livewell.com BSN for all the most up-to-date sales and promotions. That's LiveWell, L-I-V-W-E-L-L.com slash BSN. Thanks for listening in, putting up with my BS and everything else that you guys give to us every day. We will talk to you tomorrow. Oh,